good evening, it's Friday night. And it's 7 o'clock, and that means it's time for The Racing Show on Three Valleys Radio. We've got all our usual guests, and we've got the uh, second part of the Gary Wiltshire Champions Day story. And of course we've got our usual guests Dave Wilson and Colin Brown with some tips for you. So sit back, enjoy, get a cup of coffee going, get your notepads ready and we'll kick off with the usual start to the show which will of course be all the racing news from Mike Patton. Mike Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News with all the news that is the news from the racing media including Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden and here's this week's first story. Now, if you want to know what a, a reproachment looks like then go no further than the 2022 Skybet Ebor. Only two months ago, the sport was still awash with chatter about Frankie Dettori's split from the Gosdens. A very public Royal Ascot fallout was followed by the announcement of a trial separation. But with some of us still struggling to remember if sabbatical had a double B or double T, the reunion was revealed. Now they are once again in sync, as was clearly evident on the Knavesmire, where the world's most famous jockey and Trawlerman's two trainers pulled off a plan to perfection. Yet, this was not just about re-cementing a partnership between Dottori and John and Thady Gosden, who last Sunday combined to secure Group 1 glory within Spiral at Duville. Further proof of Dettori's ability to build bridges came in the fact the 51-year-old was wearing the blue of his old team Godolphin, just as he had when winning the Ebor on Willing Foe ten years ago. Only two months before, the rider and Sheikh Mohammed's operation combusted so spectacularly. After both instances of significant professional difficulty, Dettori must have felt somewhat exposed which is also something he experienced aboard Trawlerman, although this time voluntarily. The allocation of a stall 20 draw convinced the elder Gosden and his longtime ally that Trawlerman should be kept wide on the five furlong run to the first bend. A tactic Dettori had used successfully on the four-year-old Sire Golden Horn in the 2015 arc was again executed to perfection. Also sublime was the way in which Dettori made almost all the running, steadying the pace and then stacking up his opponents. Leading Irish fancy and eventual third Earl of Tyrone headed him up the home straight only to himself be pushed aside by Alfred Belcher, yet Trawlerman was ferocious in the fight and rallied to score by a short head. That was an unbelievable ride, said fourth home John Leaper's trainer Ed Dunlop as the horses returned to the paddock, where Alfred Boucher's jockey PJ MacDonald could be very audibly heard just to say two words, both of which made clear his enormous frustration. Dettori confirmed, it was always the plan to stay wide. We had no choice from 20 because he's a horse who likes to run forward. I was surprised how far in front I was, because I was going good fractions, but I wasn't going crazy. It's great that my colleagues gave me a little bit of rope. In the straight, I thought I was beat by the Irish horse. Then, when the grey horse came, he kind of helped me, and my horse got competitive again. I thought I was running out of runway, and that I might not get there, but he dug deep and stuck his head down. Recalling his premature celebrations in the 2017 Nunthorpe, Dittori added, I thought it was close, but I've been close in the past here on Lady Aurelia and got beat. This time I kept my mouth shut and waited for the judge. Such caution was rewarded, as was the shrewd thinking of John Gosden, who did not rubbish the idea of considering the Lexus Melbourne Cup, for which Trawlerman now receives a nomination. Gosden said, 
As soon as the draw came out, Frankie and I looked at each other. We didn't have to say anything. We knew what we were going to do. Frankie rode in beautifully. He did look rather solitary out there, but it's not a bad tactic. You'll see about eight of them doing it next year. Gosden also offered more thoughts about the sabbatical, which Dottori referred back to as, quote, bad luck at Royal Ascot. Gosden said, The only reason it ever happened was I couldn't get his attention. I couldn't get him to concentrate, that's all. In the end, it required a bit of a public warning. What would you call it if you were a football manager, leaving him on the bench? Look how he has just ridden two fantastic races today. When our man is in the zone, he is absolutely top class. When he's not in the zone, he's a menace. Gosden then added, There were too many other things going on in his life. If you're a jockey, you have to do everything that's right by the horse and the owner of that horse. It's as simple as that. He knows that. He is the best and closest of friends. But there were too many holidays. Dottori will return to Duville on Sunday, not for a holiday, but two Group 1 rides, including on Australian champion, very elegant. I don't know what to expect, but she is a superstar, was his assessment in the York's winner's enclosure. In this year, more than most, you could say something similar about Dottori. And our next story, here on the Racing News. Rookie trainer Sid Hosey revealed an ambitious link-up with Newmarket trainer Gay Kellyway after landing his fourth career success with Cole Stock. Hosey began training this year from his base at Sherbourne in Dorset and is soon hoping to run a joint operation with Kellyway, his friend of many years. I've got around 15 to 20 horses of my own now and it's going to be even better when I get my full licence and work with Gay, Hosey said. We are just finalising details with the BHA, but I'm hoping it won't be too long now before it is all up and running. Gay is quite happy to come to Dorset and run the operation from here. She's never trained horses for me, but I think that's why we are still mates. Colstock survived an error at the second last when his rider Harry Kimber lost an iron before going on to win by seven and a half lengths in the two-mile five-filong handicap chase. He might bid for a quick double at Worcester on Tuesday. And a couple of quick stories now. Literali Chi made a successful return to action after failing to get in full when covered by Crystal Ocean earlier in the year. The nine-year-old won the race in 2018 and was second 12 months ago with regular partner Ain O'Connor, with the Irish conditional having ridden the mare to five of her seven victories over jumps. And next... Fergal O'Brien has notched up a double with Pop the Champagne and Multiarc to hit 50 winners for the season and he already has high hopes of beating last year's career-best tally of 128. And next up here on the Racing News, we head back to the Ebor and Frankie Dettori. Staying wide. Before the race even started, Dettori got off his mount and, asked by ITV's Mix Fitzgerald how difficult it was to ride in the Ebor Drawn 20, he said, If you go forwards, it's not so bad. You've got four furlongs before you get to the stable gate. If you have to sit mid-division or drop in, it is a problem because you get pushed wide. This fellow usually runs forward, although sometimes he can fluff the star, but being drawn out there is not the problem. Asked if he'd stay wide and then come in, he added, Yes, for two reasons. You keep the revs down so he won't be too competitive too early, and then, by coming across, you're with the others. I will keep my straight line until the stable crossing and take myself across. So, it came as no surprise when Frankie did exactly that and stayed on the far side rail through the early part of the race, racing on his own until coming across in front of fellow Godolphin-owned runner Global Storm to lead the field around the home bend. Alfred Boucher, on the other hand, ridden by PJ MacDonald, broke from stall nine well and then was taken back so that, at the point Dottori came over to join the field, he was midfield, one off the rail. Rounding the bend, Billy Lee and Earl of Tyrone gave the lead a company for the first time, but Dottori was clearly keen to wait. While MacDonald started to angle out unwilling to spot those on the front too much of a start. York's home straight is long, 
and Ettore brought the field across to the stand's side rail with the field stacked up behind him and challengers on either side. As the others got to work, MacDonald waited, a wall of horses in front of him somewhat forcing his hand and it was not until three furlongs out he was really able to get Alfred Boucher rolling. Earl of Tyrone hit the front and with Global Storm still there and John Leeper and Alfred Boucher emerging from the pack, Trollerman looked like he was going to get swallowed up, but he was tenacious. With a furlong to run, he trailed both Earl of Tyrone on his right and Alfred Boucher on his left, but Dottori kept his mount in the fight and, as the line approached, he began to rally. With half a furlong to run, the Irish challenger began to fade and Trawlerman closed slightly on Alfred Boucher with every stride. They passed the line together with the commentator calling for a photo finish as their heads were moving in different directions. After a short delay, the judge gave the race to Trawlerman, with Dittori punching the air in delight after scoring for the Gosdens, who earlier this year replaced him for several high-profile rides during a brief sabbatical. Speaking after the race, Dittori said, On the line, I knew it was close. It was quite some race. I led on my own by ten lengths by the time we got to the stable gate. I got him to relax, but then I was thinking, is he relaxed or is he tired? The Irish horse passed me by a neck, and then the grey horse, Alfred Boucher, passed me, and I thought, God, I'm going to finish third. And then he found some energy from I don't know where, and I thought, we might get second again. And then on the line, I thought, maybe. It was a crazy race. For his part, Gosden added, We did it with Golden Horn in the Ark. Frankie said, I'm going to stay out there. And then we did it here with Muntaha, with Jim Crowley, who thought I was mad, but I said no. It's a baldrick plan, but it can work. So as soon as we looked at the draw, Frankie and I said, We know what we're doing. We've a very good owner who would understand if it didn't come off, and I'd understand as we made the decision together. There's only one risk, as they know where the stables are and can turn right and go back, and now that wouldn't be very good. And finally, here on the racing news. Frankie Dottori has backed York's ambitions to upgrade the Group 2 Skybet City of York Stakes after winning the race aboard Kinross on Saturday. Officials at York have made no secret of their desire to make the race Britain's only all-aged Group 1 at seven furlongs and the fourth top-level contest at the Ebor meeting. They have increased the purse to £400,000 and removed the penalty structure to attract the calibre of horse to boost the race's rating enough to earn Group 1 status. And Dottori, who guided the Mark Chan-owned and Ralph Beckett-trained Kinross to victory by a length and a quarter, and a length and a half from Pogo and Sandrine, championed the track's cause. Asked if British Racing would benefit from a seven-furlong Group 1, he told ITV Racing, In the programme we're lacking some decent races over seven furlongs. It would open the gates for milers and sprinters. This could be an ideal race for Group 1 status. In recent years, Gordon Lord Byron, Expert Eye and Space Blues have won the race, while Highfield Princess was second last year. But it is the three-year rolling average end-of-season ratings for the first four finishes on which the race will be judged. The City of Stakes has been battling for the status as Britain's top non-juvenile seven-furlong race with the Lennox at Goodwood, Hungerford at Newbury and Park Stakes at Doncaster. But it seems the race many have decided would work best with an upgrade. Speaking to the Racing Post last month, York Chief Executive William Darby said, The Flat Pattern Committee has said they want an all-age seven furlong Group 1 and they've decided the City of York as the candidate. The ratings for our race have been very high. But to achieve Group 1 status is a challenge because you need to get Group 1 ratings while you are running as a Group 2 and a lot to the very top horses won't step down in grade. It's a bit of a chicken and egg situation. We've hugely boosted the prize money, so it's the richest race course funded Group 2. The Long Distance Cup and Ascot on Champions Day is industry funded, and it's worth more than a lot of Group 1s. And we've removed the penalties. Last year, Space Blues won the race and then went on to win the Prix de la Forêt and win the Breeders' Cup which was fabulous for the ratings, and we're trying to do everything to give it the best chance of an upgrade.
It would be tremendous to have a Group 1 race on each day of the Ebor meeting. That is our aim. Whether we get there and when remains to be seen. This has been this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media. That includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for listening and join us again next time here on the Racing News. Well, that was our good friend Mike Padden with all the racing news from the racing media. And now we're going to see where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well, there are seven races on the flat at Beverly with a 1.30 start. Seven races on the flat at Newmarket on the July course, 1.35 start. Seven races at Goodwood on the flat with a 1.50 start. Seven races over the jumps at Cartmel with a 2.50 start. Two races on the flat at the Curra with a 3.40 start. Seven races on the flat at Windsor with a 4.30 start. And seven races on the flat at Redcar with a 4.41 start. And on Sunday, there are seven races on the flat at Goodwood with a 1.15 start. Seven races on the flat at Yarmouth, 1.40 start. Six races on the flat at Beverley with a 2.05 start. And one race on the flat at Baden-Baden in Germany with a 3.35 start. Now, regular listeners will have uh, listened to Gary Wiltshire last week on last week's show, uh, talking about the disaster he had at Champions Day when Frankie Dettori went through the whole card. And we promised you a little bit more of that story, and here it is now. Tell me something. Um, I, I, I've probably got this wrong, but um, it, it sounds to me from what you're saying as though the majority of the bets that you took on Frankie's races were just singles. So, because I was thinking, well, you know, if you, if people have done accumulator, because I suppose quite a few people did an accumulator, um, you'd have been sort of thinking, well, for God, why well, he can't get a fifth? Well, oh, bloody hell, he's got a fifth. He's got a sixth. Well, he can't get a seventh, surely. I mean, did that sort of equation come into your thinking or not? I mean, well, in my thinking, but on course, we don't lay doubles, trebles, accumulators, but all the betting shops did. That's why they had so many big liabilities. Yeah, yeah. And it was massive, you know, but in my mind, I was thinking what you just said, AD. Well, this guy can't, he can't, he can't, he can't, he can't. <laughs> he can't. Yeah. It did. It, it did. did. I can assure you it did. And, yeah. Uh, but uh, that was, you know, that, that, but the people, it made a lot of people, funny enough, uh, really wealthy because people who had their little two pound and three pound and fifty pence and pound, don't forget, everyone's got to gamble responsibly. Yeah. Even now, you know, but mm. even in them pound days, they was having, they was winning absolute like fortunes they were getting. If, and they, if they took the price, you know, of yeah. the horses in the morning, yeah. Yeah. Do. but not a lot of people took the price. They just done the bets at SP, and that's why all the money that I lost was to the big firms. I never laid one one normal, I call one normal person, mm. come up to me to have a bet like a normal punter because no one that was doing it. It was all it was all multiples running up, running up, running up. Yeah, and that's what it was for, lady. You know, it was, and that's where all the all the money went. It was the big firms trying to shorten their liabilities. It was yeah. like the stock exchange. You know, yeah. it was an absolute. You imagine the betting shops in them days and. You know, it, we we're not like we are now with all laptops and computers and everything. Mm. The bet shops had to ring up the head office to tell them how many bets they laid, and they never knew the head people. You know, I'm very friendly with Bet Fred. You know, Fred Stone, and yeah. he had I think he had about 25 shops at that stage, and he was saying to us that he was in the office, and they never knew what the liabilities was. They never knew till the Sunday morning. Yeah you know, how much they lost. And a lot of people, you know, you'd have thought they'd have went out of business. But really and truthfully, you know, that day, well, when you think, you know, I know it was a bad day for the industry, but was it a bad day, Ada? You're talking about it 25 years later on, on the radio station here. So yeah, yeah. Was it a bad day? I think it's a good day, for you know, and I, I think even the big boys, really and truthfully, if they told the truth, it wasn't a bad day. It was a good day for the industry. Yeah. But going back to that last race, um, I, I mean, do you think do you put that down to the magic of frankie dettori or do you really think the, the horse had a good day i mean you know you said yourself you didn't think it, it you, you you didn't think it would win yeah well i've always you know i've always thought i was a judge but the only best judges are in the old baby aren't they <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. they're the ones who know that it just been getting it you know I, i'll be truthful i'll try not to I try not to look back on that race or watch it or anything, although I did go to Sotheby's on the three Mondays later 
and I bought the race seven from the actual balls, you know. That, yeah. Uh, that was up in them days, we had the old, do you remember the old metal stand with the jockeys? Yes, in I do indeed, yeah. The jockeys yeah. in there and different things. And I went there and I bought that and, uh, and it, it, look, it's just, it was history, isn't it, really? Mm. But, you know, I know that what, I know that watching it, when they used to come round the home straight at Ascot, they used to be the man who used to ring a brass bell. Yeah. You know, when they come into the straights where everyone knew the horses at the home straight. I'm going back in years now, but, and then when I heard that bell go and I see he was still in front, Frankie, I thought, oh, hang on a minute. Now, surely they're going to come and do him here. Yeah. And then when it got the two furlongs from home, I'm still thinking something's going to come out of the blue. And then all of a sudden, when it got to a furlong from home, I looked, oh, hang on a minute. We've only got one chance here, half a furlong from home. Pat Edery was coming up on the outside. And I thought, go on, Pat, go on, Pat. And then all of a sudden, at the post, the cheers went up. Frankie's done it, the magnificent seven. I think it was Jim McGuire that was commentating. Mm-hmm. The old Pelton. And BBC days and, and when he said it and it never really yet to be truthful Abe, it never really yet that what I've done no. you know I, I never I weren't adding it up I just got to, I just got you know I just got carried away I think in, in every big person there's a thin person wanting to come out and I was standing on the box that day at Ascot on the bottom of the rails and I thought I was the comedian on the pier you know I thought <laughs> I was the star actor like taking all the bets but the only thing that uh, on the Sunday we went back there on the Sunday because I thought I've got to go back you know what I mean mm. and face it like you know I couldn't yeah. pay anyone at the time you know because mm. I had to sell my house I had a lovely house with two houses they had to go uh, two brand spanking Mercedes cars they had to go because I thought to myself well you know if I was owed money by anyone and if I'm driving around in a new Mercedes I wouldn't like that no you know and I saw, but when I went there on a Sunday I never took one bet mm. and I was there for four races and Sue Barker come up the, the Wimbledon queen as we call her the tennis queen she was working for BBC and she interviewed me like you know and I never took one bet in four races and the rumour was going around the track don't bet with Wiltshire because he won't pay yeah. you won't get paid he's he done all his money yesterday and he won't pay but that hurt being a you know being a yeah. boy all up in London you know my all I was told was you know if you if you borrow any money or get involved you pay mm. you know you never try to not pay and that hurt me when I when people were saying don't bet with him yeah, and no, absolutely. That night, and I'll be truthful, that was my first tears that I had, you know, when I got home that night. Well, I never had any tears on the Saturday night because I went to walk, I was, you know, I went back to the dogs at Milton Keynes. It was a bookie Saturday night when I got back there, but that, that's when it hurt on the Sunday. And I thought mm. myself, no, I'm not a knocker, I'm going to pay. And then from that on, from Monday onwards, I think on the Monday, I went to, uh, I went up to Scotland. I drove up to Scotland and uh, I think I went to Loch Lomond. I was walking around there and I was absolutely in the day. It was only even money where I jumped in. That's how my mind was. You yeah. know what I mean? I was yeah. absolutely like gone. You know, my head was completely gone with it. And uh, I don't know what made me do it. And I had a sleep Monday night. And then on the, I drove back on the Tuesday, went and see Coles on the Tuesday, Trevor Beaumont, who is the head man of Coles, and explained to him that, you know, I will pay, but I've got to sell some property. And he said, yes. He said, but I've got the other big firms. There was a couple of other big firms. I mentioned no names, but... Mm. In them days, it was a big three. Yeah. And uh, Cole were one of them. And he said, they want you warned off the track, Gary. They want me to take you to court to say that you can't pay. And we want you. To, they want you to lose your licence. And I said, well, it's up to you. And he went, no, I'm, I know you're a man of your word. And he stood by me, Cole. That was the most nearly 500, you know, half a million I owed him. Yeah. And then, as I said, I sold the house, I sold the cars. But it took me nearly four years to get back on my feet. And, uh, you know, even now, you know, I go I go to the races now and even the likes of, you know, your local trainer, the God, as I call him, Paul Nichols, mm. you know, you go there and if I see him, you know, he'd always say hello and we nod each other. I don't know if it's to talk to, you know, to say yeah. hello and that. Yeah. But, you know, I'm respecting on all race courses and I think money can't buy that. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, your actions afterwards in selling your house and selling your cars and all the rest of it is, is very honourable. And, uh, you know, more power to your elbow. I think it's, I think it's, a, it's a great way to, uh, to if you like, put, put it into a, a somewhat sad story in a way, although it did have its pluses, we know. But, you know, from your perspective, it wasn't the greatest sort of day of your life, I guess, was it? So uh, to finish it like that was brilliant. Well, that was Gary Wiltshire finishing off his story of his uh, rather disastrous day on Champions Day when Frankie de Torre rode seven winners and uh, left him rather on a, a cliff edge, shall we say.
Well, now we're going to catch up with some of our regular contributors to the programme. And um, we're going to start off, first of all, down in Columpton, where actually Rod Melbourne is on his way back from the sales. So here's Rod now. Well, good afternoon, uh, Rod. On your way back from the sales, um, tell us what have you bought? Another Baid, I hope. Uh, well, I'd love to love to be very not, not many of those for sale, actually. Funny enough. <laughs> no. Um, no, I bought I bought a two-year-old by Yearling Colt by due due diligence. Mm -hmm. uh, same sire as um, Abel Kane. Yeah. Um, nice, 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 correct horse um, for a, for a little syndicate. So um, he's already been sold. So we look for some more now for the next syndicates. All right. Okay. And uh, got a, two or three runners over Saturday and Sunday. Can we talk about those a minute? Yes. Well, I've got um, Wolhampton goes to the big sales race in Newmarket on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Um, it's a hundred thousand pounds race. Can find a horses bought at a sale. Right. One particular sale. Yeah. There was um, 260 horses in the sale. And then they've got a, a race. Uh, we all put in uh, about six hundred pounds, and and the sales company put up some money as well. So we're racing for a hundred thousand on Saturday. So is that a bit like um, the race that um, um, Betty's Hope won? Well, similarly, uh, yes. The one, the one she won. Any horse that went to auction, it was sold for less than seventy thousand could run in it. Yeah, um, but she she won that one. This one, it's uh, no no maximum price, uh, but they, they carry their weight depending on how much they sold for. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah. One, no, my filly sold for twenty seven thousand, and how 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 they work out the weights? She she comes out top of the ratings. All right, okay. So. Um, she should have a good chance. She was second in the Super Sprint yeah. and third in the list of race at Newbury in the last two months. That's right, so yeah. So I remember, I remember the, the Super Sprint one, yeah. Wilhampton, she, she'd probably be favoured, I expect. Yeah. So you, and then we've got, sorry. Yeah, carry on. So carry hopefully, on. she'll have a good chance, but there, there'll be 20 runners, and depending on because if you're drawn on the wrong side, that'll not do your chance any good. But if we get a, if we get it, an even draw, I think we'll be in with a good chance. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the other runners Saturday, I've got Abel Kane in a in a big race at Goodwood, um, seventy five thousand pounds. Um, he ran a good race last time to be third, um, and hopefully he'll run well. It's a competitive race. We don't know how many are in it yet, but Abel Kane is in good form. He's he's had a good season, so should run a good race. So, looking at the season as, as a whole up to now, Rod, would you say that you're kind of on target, or are you ahead of schedule? What would you think? Well, we, we never have, we never really have targets. Um, I myself targets anyway, you, you know, because the horses are what you've got, really, you know. Yeah. But, um, but I suppose if you were looking at it, we've had a far better season than we than we thought we would have. Yeah. I've had. Um, I've actually had 22 individual winners from 40 runners. Well, that's not a bad rate, is it? 50%? Be, 50 I, I expect I'm in the top top 1% of trainers on that on that, on that that um, percentage. Yeah, definitely. So there's only, there's only Sean Woods, and I think... There's probably only Sean Woods has had more higher percentage than me, winners to runners this year. Yeah. Well, well done. Um, so we're very pleased with that. Um, and the horses are running well, you know. We've got um, we've ended up with some really good horses this year from a small crop. Yeah. Everyone expects we do the same next year, and all the horses will be a new batch or gone on the stud and things, you know. So looking we've at got a busy week, got a busy week this week, next week coming up. Looking at the weekend, though, I mean, it's it's a big weekend for you then. If you could go, if you could get two winners out of those two, Wolhampton and. Uh, what was the other one? Abel Kane, wasn't it? Um, Abel Kane, very much so. Yes, the big races. Yeah, yeah, you'd be flying, wouldn't you? Well, we've, um, like I say, we've had a good season. About, I think about forty-three seconds this year already. Yeah, well, you know, how close and yet so far, eh? I mean, that's that's that in that's itself right. is 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 a is a nice statistic to have, isn't it? Really, good. Okay, well, then. Tagline on. on Tagline on Thursday, she goes for the Dickville Trophy at Salisbury, which is one of the best races in Salisbury. 
So tagline goes there next Thursday. And um, the following week, Cuban Mistress goes for group races at Doncaster. So, Rod Milburn's flying then. That's the uh, the message from today, I think. It's fair to say. Well, it's uh, it's been a good season. Um, looking forward to the break. We've had, it's been flat out all season this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, you better get away, I presume, will you? Yes, hoping to. Yes, hoping to. Yeah, yeah good. Okay, Rod, well, thanks for all that. That's great, mate. And um, we'll speak to you next week, all being well. Okay, let's. Oh, we should have a good week. Oh, yeah. yeah, well, we've got some nice horses for the next 10 days. Yeah, well, I should be watching on Saturday for sure. Okay, thank you very much. Thank Thanks you. a lot, Rod. Thanks for talking to us. Speak to you Thanks. soon. Cheers, Thanks, Thanks, Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Well, that was Rod Millman on his way back to the stables from uh, the uh, sales with a new colt on his way back with him. And uh, now we're going to catch up with Richard Phillips and he's going to have a look at the front racing this weekend. Thanks Richard for joining us. Um, slightly quieter week than normal this week. What have you got for us this week? Well yeah, I mean last week was a brilliant meeting at York. It really did cheer everyone up in the old game because it was just a classic York meeting. Some exciting finishes obviously by E was brilliant. There were some other fantastic performances and of course Trawler Man was given a brilliant ride by Frankie de Torre to win the Evo. Uh, him at his very best, going the long route round early on in the race before uh, joining the rest of the field and uh, really uh, a great performance there. And uh, Aristia won in France um, for the Hannon Camp. She was a brilliant Group 1 winner for the Hannon Camp at Deauville on Sunday and Blackbeard beat um, Persian Sword of the Hannon Camp in the, in the big two-year-old race. So it's been a great week last week, but you're right, uh, after such a great week, it's slightly quieter this weekend, but we've got great meeting at Goodwood and Newmarket at Goodwood uh, we had Moussardet who's uh, the Celebration Mile favourite of uh, Charlie Hills's in the group two there the Celebration Mile and we've got the Mark Stakes at Goodwood with Hu Yamal who's the horse that came second in the Derby that I think uh, we mentioned that horse before the Derby huge prize 200 to run in places yeah. he's now one of the favourites for the Ledger so um, that, that's another great race the Mark Stakes is often a, a lead to the St Ledger Okay, okay. And uh, what about uh, anything at Newmarket? Well, we've got the Somerville Tattersall Stakes, which is the big auction race for horses that have been sold at Tattersall Sales in Newmarket. And Eddie's Boy, who won the big race uh, at Newbury, uh, the, uh, the Goffs race. Um, Eddie's Boy uh, for Archie Watson. That goes again, but he's gone in deeper company since and has been slightly disappointing. I think Miss Jungle Cat could run a big race in that race. Um, trained by Carl Burke, been running consistently well. And I think Miss Jungle Cat is the big each way bet in the Somerville Tattersall Stakes. But uh, also you've got Pure Dreamer in the Hopeful Stakes. It's a listed race. And Pure Dreamer is uh, a very well-bred horse. Again, from the Hannon Camp, they seem to be in good form. And Pure Dreamer looks to be a six-to-one shot for that one anti-post. So I think he'll run a big one in the Hopeful Stakes. But yeah, it's a quieter week, but still excellent racing at Newmarket and at Goodwood. Because uh, one of our regular contributors on the show, Rod Millman, he's got one in the um, in the one at Newmarket. So uh, uh, I think he's hoping it's going to go quite well. So uh, we will see. Yeah, Rod obviously, you know, does brilliantly well with his two-year-olds and you no know, sales races because he doesn't spend huge amounts of money on another like sum. And because those sales races are basically um, set up, so the less money they cost at the sales, the less weight they carry in the race, which is a great way of yeah. making competitive race and there's big prize money as well so rod rod's always uh he's had a winner today at lingfield he's always uh, a man to be feared in those big uh, auction races yeah because he had uh, betty's hope wasn't it um, not this year last year in in one of the races and he won a hundred and whatever it was a lot of lot of money anyway so yeah um, yeah uh, big, big prices and often often those horses uh, the favorites don't always win those races yeah you know like they, well, that was Richard Phillips, who we rather abruptly lost him there, thanks to uh, good old British Colourcom. But anyway, uh, you heard what he had to say, and uh, hopefully there's a few ideas there for you for the weekend's racing. So uh, thanks, Richard, and we'll speak to you next week. Well, now it's time to catch up with leading jockey Nick Schofield, who's had a, a quiet couple of weeks with a few days off, but... Uh, gradually getting back into it now. Well, hi, Nick. It's uh, it's good to catch up with you again. We haven't spoken for a couple of weeks now because, well, you haven't been doing much, really, I suppose, have you? No, it's obviously a very quiet time of year for jump racing. It's a bit calm before the storm, so it gives you a chance to recharge the batteries. And, um, 
get ready for the winter ahead and it's good to hopefully we'll get some rain soon and um we can start racing properly I mean, whilst I'm sure that you know you're not averse to having a few days off because it's a very arduous year that you have to work. Um, but do you find it a bit sort of stop go at the moment when it's sort of you never quite know what's going to be happening next week? Uh, I got some idea because sort of um, it's always year on year. It's um, pretty much like this. It's just summer horses are towards the end of their campaigns and the winter horses are not quite fit yet and the ground's not quite come. So, um, yeah, you sort of um, just try and get yourself as fit as you can and um, get your weight sorted and, um, yeah, it's basically, um, and then get the horses sorted most most importantly. And, um, yeah, so in the next few weeks, I'm sure I'll be around plenty of yards getting to sit on scooting horses and um, try and um, you know, get ready for the, for the season ahead. I, I suppose you're still riding out in the mornings and what have you, though, are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm starting to do that now. Um, pretty much started this week, so um, yeah, it's um, yeah, you know, getting to ride lots of different ones, and they all look good at the moment. So um, hopefully, it stays that way. You know, looking forward to the to sort of Chepstow and, and onwards sort of thing when it all really sort of kicks off and everybody gets very serious. Then, um, are you you looking forward to any specific horses that you you could like you to be riding? You think? Well, they all look, you know until until they they sort of come out and run. You, you never quite. They, it's, I I don't like to earmark one and put the pressure on that one and, um, but. You know, there's there's a few that I am looking forward to, and um, hopefully they come good, and we can get a few wins throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, it seems as though Archie Watson's uh, he's he's got the magic touch for you, I see, because you had a win of him earlier in the week. Um, you know, he's 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 pretty shrewd, Archie Watson. He seems to have some good horses there, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, he's he's a good man to ride for, and as as is well known, he's he's a very good flat trainer, and. Um, he, um, yeah, he's, he's a privilege to ride for, and um, you know, and um, hopefully, long may the successes continue. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, Nick, um, March next week, I'm just having a look at one on Monday, I see. Uh, no, no, it's there, there, no, it's only Cartmel, I'd imagine, at Worcester on Wednesday, um, or Sparellis for Ralph that won a few on last year, yeah, and then, yeah, bits of Bob's new and but we're busy, sort of, I should imagine it'll start stepping up now with the next month blooming good well i hope you get plenty of good rides then and uh we will no doubt be speaking yeah. to you on the phone and you know keeping an eye on how you're doing so uh keep up the good work nick and uh thanks for talking to us on the yeah. show and we'll speak to you next week yeah. okay yeah thank you for calling and we look forward to catching up yeah okay no problem at all thanks nick speak to you soon mate take it easy right well now it's time to pop over to Millbourne port and have a chat with joe tizard Right, well, Joe, thanks very much for joining us on the show. A um, few weeks, a oh, few weeks, let's start again. Hi, Joe, thanks for joining us on the show. Seems that a few weeks have gone by, even months, I suppose, since you actually took over uh, the main sort of license at the, at the stables. How's it all been going? Yeah, really good. We couldn't have, um, like I said before, we couldn't have wished for a better start. We've had um, well, 18, there's now 17 jumps, one flat one. Yeah. We started so the summer horses have done us real proud and we've got we've got all the winter horses in now and uh, you know we're we're running it um we've got about 110 horses in and it's uh it's a lovely time of year with these they're just starting to do a bit more and um starting to jump a few and and things and they just um it's that time of year where you're living the dream for the winter really and have you got any uh horses that are sort of really standing out as as, as you prepare them for the winter season Oh, we've just got some lovely young horses that have already shown um, shown bits and pieces on the track that, that have filled out and grown through the through the summer and look stronger. Um, you know, I'm delighted with with them and the, and the and the the good old horses. You know, the fiddlers on the roof and, and our best our best rated horses are all have all had a nice break and and look good. Um, we could definitely do it with a bit of rain. That's all now. Yeah, yeah, quite. It's certainly been uh, lack of rain in the last few weeks. That's for certain. Um, and, and what about the, the flat racing side of things? I mean, you, you know, you've, you've um, pushed on a little bit, had three or four runners, uh, runners, I should say. Um, you know, how do you feel about that? 
Well, it's just it's just the flatbred horses. They're, they're dual-purpose horses, really, so it sort of ticks a box for them through the summer. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're reasonably low-grade flat horses. And um, with, with, with the three or four that we got, it's, it's been fine. It's good fun. But, you know, we, we're... we're we're a jump yard, you know, and we get I get more pleasure. I, I don't mind admitting it. I get more pleasure out of the jump horses, and um, I get more pleasure running them out through through the winter. The summer is with the right horse. It's fine to have the odd little local runner up at Salisbury and places and yeah. and whatnot. But um, but but at the same time, you know, we're we're predominantly a winter yard, and uh, and it's nice to. I'm not going to suddenly go and have twenty flat horses through the summer because I quite like the way we do it, and just have one or two is fine. Yeah, yeah, it keeps you occupied anyway. Um, well, it keeps uh, you very occupied, and it keeps keeps the staff that want to want to keep working busy. But at the same time, I like to give the yard a break and get everything steam clean. So um, the balance is about right at the moment. And and do you, do a lot of the staff? I mean, you know, do you, do you have a reduced staff to, during the during the summer breaks or what? Yeah, absolutely. They all they all take their holiday, and we have a, like a rotor so that. Because we break all of our own horses in from the sales and things, there's um, there's always something going on. You know, there's always sort of twenty to twenty-five horses in training through the summer. So, well, everybody gets a chance to take their holidays, have a break. Um, the Indian boys get a chance to go home, and then everybody's been back since the sort of second week in July, and you know we're at full swing again because there's yeah we've got 110 horses in. There's 110 horses being ridden out every day. Yeah, quite. And what about father? How's he getting on? Dad's good. He's busy. Um, he's been he's been doing all sorts actually, but he's still up here every morning. Um, still part of it. Uh, and just just started hunting again, so he's in good form. He was up here this morning. Freddie was riding out, so he came came up this morning, and um, he's loving it. You know, he just keeps an eye on it from from afar. But you know, as as we get more and the, the winter horses become more intensive, he'll be, he'll be back more involved again. And I imagine um, he probably finds it rather hard to to switch off in a way. I mean, he haven't done it for so long now. Well, yeah, he does. He doesn't want to. He's not missing out on anything. He knows every every part of the business always has done. So, but he, I don't think he misses the 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 day like the phone calls and having to keep in touch with everybody and that. So, um, yeah. but he knows every horse and he knows what's go. He knows exactly what's going on and what what we're doing. And. He's not retired anyway. No, no. <laughs> I can't imagine ever being retired, quite honestly. Um, apart, as far as yourself's concerned, though, I mean, uh, you know, have you got, uh, do you set any targets, anything like that, or do you just sort of see, you know, take it as it comes? I don't set numerical targets, but obviously being in being in, in my name, although the, the business sort of model hasn't changed at all, is um, you, you put a bit more pressure on yourself to make sure the horses perform and um but you know i've got i've got I, i'm not putting i'm not saying all right i want to train 100 winners or anything like this year you know I, i'm not that sort of person i never have mm. done a numerical sort of target but um but i try to do best by every horse and and do the and, and aim for some aim for some big races i mean the only thing like we we passed the million pound barrier and prize money every year for for a few years now so that's um I'd be disappointed if we don't get past that, but um, that's about the only one sort of in the back of my mind. Okay, Joe. Well, look, thanks ever so much for joining us and catching up. Um, hopefully, I'll be over to see you in the not too distant future. And um, best of luck for the rest of the season, mate. Well, that was Joe Tizan over at the stables at Melbourne Port, and he's obviously enjoying every minute of his new position there. Well, now it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing with his tips for the weekend. Well, good afternoon, Dave. A nice sunny afternoon. Have you got uh, some nice sunny tips for us? Well, hopefully the sun's going to come out at some stage over the weekend and uh, the bank holiday should be nice for us, but we shall have to wait and see. We will. Uh, I think we'll forecast a little bit of a shower before before Saturday's racing at some point, so we'll have to just uh, yeah take a view on it as and when it comes. But we think we've got the weather predicted, so... Uh, if we can do that, we're better than the weatherman because they never get it right. No, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Now we're going to we're going to have a look at Goodwood's uh, card on Saturday. Yeah. And we're going to start off with the 150 race, and we're going to go with Queen Ollie. Rowan Scott takes a ride for David Lockname. It's priced up at the moment nine to two with William Hills. 
we're hoping it's going to just drift half a point to five to one to make it well worth having a each way bet. But we shall have a look at that as it happens. But it's an each way option anyway at nine to two, even though you'll lose just a little bit of money if she comes second or third. But we shall have a look. Uh, as I say, we backed Queen Ollie at Royal Ascot and she came fourth in the Albany. Now, what we've looked at is the 1st, 2nd, 5th, 11th and 13th in the Albany have all come out and won since, with the 1st, 2nd and 5th all winning group races. So obviously that form stacks up. Next time out, uh, Queen Ollie was in the Duke of Cambridge, Duchess of Cambridge, sorry, uh, Group 2 up at Newmarket and came 3rd. And again, in that race, the horse that come just ahead of her in 2nd has come out and won a Group 3 since at Ascot last week. So uh, the form is very, very strong. And uh, as I say, 9 to 2 is a nice price, but we're just edging on the side of wanting a little bit of 5 to 1. So we're going to have an each way bet on Queen Ollie. And the interesting fact there is uh, I heard a little rumour at once upon a time that they named this one after a good friend of mine, Ollie Bell. So I don't really know what Queen Ollie's doing against the guy's name, but <laughs> we shall have to wait and see. But if Ollie's listening to this, I'm only joking, mate. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll have a little giggle on that one when I see him next time anyway but in the first race at Goodwood Queen Ollie were 150 okay moving down to the second race on the card the 225 Orban Jason Watson takes the ride for David O'Meara now again this fella's priced up around about 4 to 1 9 to 2 at the moment again we need him to drift a little bit to make him well worth having an each way bet but He's in the form of his life at present. He's won two out of his last three, and he came fourth last time out in the Clip Logistic Handicap up at York. Uh, previous to that, he absolutely bolted in at Goodwood, and he also won at Ascot. And he likes to come from off the pace, this horse, and he likes big fields, which he's got a fair size field here, because he likes to get a bit of cover in his races. So uh, he's dropping back from a mile to seven furlongs, which isn't too bad, really. And he runs over both trips quite regularly. And he won over seven centers at Ascot two runs back anyway. Uh, you know, like, I, I think dropping him back to seven centers on the slower going is going to suit him quite nicely. And uh, previously, he's won off of a handicap mark of 100 at York on good soft over a mile. And that was back in 2020. So he's only running off of a handicap at 99 here. So he's got a massive chance again. And he's still running with his uh, old form. And uh, he ran... He won the Golden Mile at Glorious Goodwood, this fella, and as I say, he won it by three and a half lengths, which in a mile race, winning by three and a half lengths isn't normal. They normally won by a length maximum, really, they're good class races like that. So uh, I think Orban's going to be a good show in the 225 there. Okay, fine. And moving down to the three o'clock, very disappointed to see this race. It's got four runners in and it's £56,000 of a winner and it's in the memory of the trainer John Dunlop yeah. now I think it's a very poor showing really that only four four trainers have put runners into the race yeah. uh, Hu Mao's priced up at 2-7 to seven to win the £56,000 but it's not a race that I'd have any bets on four horse running runners just put a pen through the race and just move on but as I say, when it's in memory of a fellow trainer, John Dunlop, when there's £56,000 on offer and the trainers are moaning about prize money, I think they should uh, yeah. take a look in the mirror and see see what they're moaning about, really. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. We'll so we, skip that race and we'll move down to the 335 race. Uh, one of our old friends, Stormy Antarctic's uh, the selection in here, Kieran Schumacher rides in for Ed Walker. We backed him uh, 98 days ago when he ran at Goodwood in a race he had previously run, but he looked a bit in need of a run last time out. So I think having that 98 days break and he's got his going that he likes, good, good, soft going, I think he has stepped forward from that previous run. Again, it's it, it's very disappointing. It's a five-runner race and they're racing for £70,000. It's beyond belief you see the trainers on the tv they're getting interviewed and saying that the prize money is not there it's not available there's not money for this there's not money for that well you've got two races there you've got 56 grand and four runners and seventy thousand pound and five runners it's i don't know it's beyond me mm. you put prize money up like that and they don't get good fields for it it's yeah it must be very disappointing yeah. for the race courses as well when they do their best to get the prize money up and then you get this 
Uh, yeah, it is. Anyway, Stormy Antarctic's priced up around about 10 to 1. is the outsider of a field, but I think he's well worth having a small each-way bet on him there. So, for 3.35, Stormy Antarctic. Okay. Moving down to the 4.10, one of my favourite races ever, a two-year-old novice restricted stakes. I don't know if they've got them blindfolded and the towel's chopped off as well, but it's... <laughs> uh, one of them sort of races where you're going to ping, ping the tail on the donkey as he crosses the winning line. Yeah. Uh, saying that, it, it's a race where I've heard a whisper of uh, Mick Shannon's horse, Phoenix Glow, has been uh, galloping very nicely. So he may well be worth having your 25p each way on him in that race. But it's not a race with any sort of form and anything like that. So I think we should just... Uh, Again, just move past the 410 race, but having said that, Phoenix Glow's got a bit of a rumour about him, so he may well be the option there if you need to have a bet. But if you need to have a bet on that sort of race, you need to go and see someone about it. <laughs> uh, so there. We'll move on down to the 445 next. Now, you heard this here first. This is one that I'm having a very nice each way bet on when uh, betting opens on the race. Junkanoo. It's going to be ridden by Reese Clutterbuck, and Gary Moore is the trainer. It, as I say, his paper price is 16 to 1, and I can't believe that they're going to put 16 to 1 on the board about him. He's basically had a break of 623 days. He's had two runs back from that break, both on good to firm going, and his form is all on good to soft and soft going. Now, the predicted going at Goodwood on Saturday is going to be good to soft, soft in places at the moment, and forecasts of rain coming, so you can put a line through his two comeback races, which have been on good to firm, because that's not the going that he likes at all. And This fella's won off of a handicap mark of 80 previously, and he's below that, and he's also got Reese Clutterbuck on board as a £3 claimer. So if, if they're going to put 16-1 to 1 on their bookmakers' boards about this one, I've got a funny feeling they're going to get it knocked off their boards rather rapidly. <laughs> so that's uh, John Canoe in the 4.45. OK. And another one that I'm going to have a very nice bet on is in the last race of 5.20, and he's called Our Jester. Now, he's trained uh, by Huey Morrison. He's going to be ridden by Jason Hart. Now, this fella is primarily a national hunt horse. He's got nine runs on his card, and I think four of them are on the flat recently, and get just having his summer runs through. And uh, he's got two wins on his card, four seconds, a third, a fourth, and a seventh. Now, his seventh, the only one that he's been out of framing, was actually in the champion bumper at Cheltenham Festival, where he ran behind Facil Vega. So that's how strong a line of form that this fella's got, and he won a superb race up at... Lingfield earlier in the season last year in National Humper being a very good German horse that we liked. So we know very well that our jest is going to be filling his frame out day by day compared to the flat horses that he's going to be taking on here. Again, there's no prices up about him at the moment, but we're going to have a very nice bet on him in that last race, the 5.20 there, our jester. So that's what we've got for you for the weekend, mate, and uh, hopefully we'll have a few more winners and... Uh, cash and checks in that you got on Treasure Trove last week, so uh, yeah. we shall see what we can get on with this weekend. Okay, mate. Thank you very much indeed for that. And uh, as you say, let's hope we get a few more with us. It'd be nice. It would be. It would. Okay, mate. Take okay, care. Yeah. We'll speak to you next week. Okay, take it easy. Cheers for now. Well, now it's time to pop up the landlord and catch up with our caller. Well, evening, Cole. These phones are hopeless. Yeah, I tell you what, just recently, the the signal to try and communicate with people is an absolute disgrace. And Vodafone don't stop me sending a bill every month for about 80, quid. But mm. they don't say, we'll give you a little refund because you haven't been able to hardly use Anybody's been able to use their phone in your area for the last no. month. Absolute a... rip-off they are. Yeah, absolute disgrace. Quite agree. O2 are just as bad. Yeah, but are they? Yeah. So you're O2, yeah? Yeah, I'm O2. That's the way it goes. Anyway... Where are we going today then, Cole? I think we'll start at Newmarket, old boy. Okay. There's one or two up there that I, I quite like. And um, I see that uh, the King Power are using Holly Doyle a little bit. Uh-huh. Maybe they're going to offer the job over, uh, whatever he's called, um, 
the uh, the, the Arab she rides for, but I don't think she'll be taking that. Anyhow, just quickly um, talking about her in the four uh, in the two ten at Newmarket, Jennings Bet Handicap. I think it's between her on Roach Power and Frankie Dettori on Spinaran, but I just think that Roach Power might be a little bit more of an improver. The horse of um, the horse of Tim Easterby's he just dropped it back five furlongs in trip last time. That seemed to do the job. And um, he's a good trainer, a sprinter. So I'm going to go for Roach Power 210 at Newmarket. And then at Newmarket in the 245, we got the £100,000 Tatus or some of the auction stakes. These are for horses that are bought at auction for, you know, a under 20 grand or whatever it might be. Yeah. And then they can run in these type of races. Well, there's a horse called, um, horse called Eddie's Boy that's been running really well um, in these races. And he won the Weatherby Super Sprint at Newbury with Holly on. And then the next time he ran at Goodwood, he was fourth in the group race. He was fifth at Deauville a couple of weeks ago. And I would say he'd probably take the beating again, to be perfectly honest. Um, after I just also look uh, which horse Frankie the Tory rides because he's really getting stuck in Frankie and um, yeah, I think Gosden's held him back from riding at certain meetings and you don't want to go there don't want to go there and then you can end up getting a little bit too complacent you end up just riding for your boss because you think you're doing the right thing and then they have a little silly fallout and then the press got over it and then all of a sudden it's like Frankie's had the sack you know but yeah. I think he's well back in now. It's rubbish, isn't it? But I think Eddie's boy can win the um, two forty-five at Newmarket. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what we we got a listed race at Newmarket, the Hopeful Stakes, and um, there's a horse who's been struggling a little bit to win recently. I tipped him up in the um, in the Stewards Cup, and he was second. But I don't know. He didn't run that well at York last time out. But I think he could come good here. Um, he's called Tabdeed. I mean, he shouldn't really beat Summerghan on his best form, but I think he could just run a big race. Tabdeed in the 3.15 there at Newmarket. Okay. It's really, really, yeah, it's good racing up at Newmarket the weekend. And I suppose, you know, starting to <clears throat> draw towards, you know, um, the autumn, really, because then we've got the Sarawich of Cambridgeshire and all those sort of races but um yeah they they they'd be my best bets up there um at Newmarket, i think for the weekend okay fine so but, where are we going to now new uh, lingfield yeah i think we're going to windsor windsor that's what we're going to go to yeah didn't i i know no. i thought i did but we haven't got a lingfield oh. so um, i'm going to do new market um, Windsor and Goodwood, which is where I am the weekend. I'm at Goodwood for two days racing, uh -huh. but <coughs> Lingfield, they've got um, got a very good singer on after racing. You know, I can't even think who it is. We'll think as we go by, uh, as we go on through. Um, no, at Lingfield, at um, Windsor, should I say, there's some really good racing. It doesn't start at about five to four, so. I suppose it just puts people in the um, <clears throat> in the mood to um, for a few races and then get dancing. I suppose that's what will happen there. I suppose. Uh, now, there's a horse that's been, been running really well. The um, yeah, novice stakes race at at four thirty, and, and it's called Chasserelle. And it's trained by Andrew Bolding for Judd Mont. It was only just beaten at Sandown. Uh, that was back in May. But the form's turned out well. They've obviously given it a little time to just get stronger, or maybe they get a little do something rather than um, some horses just have a little bit of time off. But I think I can see that running a massive race there. Um, there's a competitive handicap. It's the Racing League on Sky Sports Handicap, and that's at uh, 5.34, and there's a horse owned by, there's a horse owned by um, High Clear Thoroughbreds called Cashew, and it ran well at Lingfield the other day with seven, Safi Osborne rode it, and uh, I could see that running a big race here. Cashew runs in the 
534. Stupid time, isn't it? 534 at Windsor. But I'll tell you what we have got. We've got the Royal Windsor August Stakes here. And we've also got the Windsor Hill. And I've done the presentations for these races over the years. And a couple of times, Her Majesty the Queen's won. I wondered if she's there. At one evening, I did say, if Her Majesty's listening out the window at Windsor, uh, at, um, you know, uh, uh, Windsor Castle to um, a big well done to her. But I know that her racing, um, you know, John Warren, who's a racing manager, has uh, you know, been there to receive the trophy. And then he's gone up to Windsor Castle to um, to see the Queen afterwards. So it's quite nice. But she hasn't got a run on the Royal Windsor August Eight this year. So we need to find the winner. And um, there's one or two horses here, I think, with, with with pretty good form. But I think the horse that probably can win it is a horse that ran second to Secret State at Goodwood the other day. That was a good run. Horse called Maxud, and it's by Golden Hall, well Brent's trained by Huey Morrison and Tom Marquan rides it. So that's in the 6.05 at Windsor, Maxud. We'll fi- try and also find the winner of the... Um, of the uh, next race, the 6.35, and that's the Winter Hill Stakes, a Group 3 race. And normally a pretty competitive race. And to be honest, I think probably uh, Tom Marquand can have a double here, certainly for Haggis, on um, on a horse called Grocer Jack. You remember that song? I do indeed, yes, yes. Who's sang it? I'm just trying to... Um, hmm... It wasn't it a school? Yeah, it was a it. it was a school choir type uh, situation. Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah, but that's I as much as I can remember. I think it was. I bet Mary'd know, wouldn't she? She probably would. Yeah. She's yeah. a bit of a music girl. She used to go out dancing every Saturday night. She'd be out to those, you know, dances at all those village halls and yeah. uh, and places all around Dorset and South Somerset. Yeah. So she'd know, well, Mary, she wouldn't know who, who sang it. I'll just uh, give her a call over the weekend and, and have a catch-up. You'll have right. to, won't you? where should we go now? I bloom well, Will. I bloom well, Will. I've spent it for a couple of weeks. Mary, I'll call you over the weekend. Right, we're going to move on now to Goodwood because that's where I'm going to be for the weekend. Well, not for the weekend, but that's where I'm working the weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and at Goodwood, what time is the first race there? Oh, 1.50, quite civilised, really, I suppose you have. And I thought the first race at Goodwood, the Prestige Philly States, a Group 3 race, would go to a horse called Fairy Cross. It's trained by... um, It's trained by uh, Appleby and obviously owned by the Dolphin. It was second to dance in the grass at Sandown the other day. Before that, it won at Newmarket. And I thought it was quite impressive, actually. Um, when it won at Newmarket, but it did get beaten the next day. But uh, I think it's probably quite a nice for it. was a listed race last time. I think she's up for winning the Group 3 here at Goodwood. So that's my first selection. It's in the 150, and it's called Fairy Cross, number five. Okay. Uh, uh, right, we've got the William Hill Handicap. There's a horse here carrying top weight. Jim Crowley writes it. Um, He's a horse that a couple of years ago, well, he won at Glorious Goodwood um, two years out of three for David Ellsworth. He didn't run that badly there at Goodwood the other day um, in the Sandrine, who's uh, a lot of the form of this race in the Lennox Stakes at Route 2 race. A lot of the form with Sandrine, Kindros, Bogo, Happy Power. It's all been, they've been running really well in, in a Group 2 up at um, York. So, so Dan Slot, you know, wasn't disgrace that day. He got beaten about seven lengths, but he could easily just get in the first three. He's about sixteen to one. He's a big price. That's so in the two twenty-five at Goodwood. So dance a lot. Right, there is the March stakes there in memory of the great late John Dunlop and uh, Tom Marquand rides a horse there that was third to New London at the big meeting in the Gordon Stakes called Who Yarmel. And I suppose it probably should win. But I quite like the way Her Majesty the Queen's perfect alibi did it at Newbury last time. And before that, it was quite well beaten at Ascot over the um, 
the, the uh, what's the name meeting, the uh, Royal Ascot meeting. But before that, it won at Newbury. And it could be a bit of an improver. He's given it a bit of time, um, William Haggis. And, uh, I think uh, you've got I the wrong horse there, one. my son. Uh, Perfect alibi. George, uh, George Bowie, William Buick's riding it. No, that's the horse's favourite, but the horse I'm going to go against it with is Perfect Alibi. In ah, no, well, you, yeah. you, did, you did say Tom Marquand, but anyway, not to worry. Uh, so. I beg you, no, I did, I got mixed up, yeah. So, yeah, no, I think Perfect Alibi could just go and win that. Then we got the uh, Celebration Mile there, Group 2 race. A good prize money for a race that hardly any runners, sadly. Yeah. But the horse that probably can win is Charlie Hill's horse. It was only just beaten at Ascot by Chinder last time out, and that horse uh, it was second in the summer mile at Ascot called Mustarbe. Uh, that's the one that I fancy. And that's in the 335, number four, Mutsarbe. And that's the one that I think uh, will win there. Now, it looks hard, the rest of the racing, to be perfectly honest, uh, here at um, at Goodwood. Um, but there's some quite nice horses running in the Novice Stakes race at 4.10. So, you know, keep your eye on horses trained by Beckett and Nuzier. They're two horses that could run well in the 4.10. Number one and two, Goodwood Vision, and keep bidding, but... Um, I'm not going to tip anything in the race because uh, I, I'm not too sure. But um, anyway, good race in Goodwood. The ground, I think they get a little bit of rain, it'd be good. And uh, yeah, so it's a good place to go. If you've never been to Goodwood, go to Goodwood. That's the first track I ever went with my Uncle Ron when I was 12 years old, many, many moons ago. They've never got over it since. Never got over it since. No. But there, that's you, isn't it? <laughs> that's me. <laughs> Indeed. Good stuff. Good. Okay then, Colin. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, sorry, it's all a bit rushed today, but I've uh, I've got to get in touch with Los Angeles in a few minutes. So uh, the wonders of modern technology. Oh, yeah. It'll take probably half an yeah. hour to get through knowing these phone lines, but still. Yeah, that's right. You're very flash. You're on the phone to people all over yeah. the world, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Mate, sounds good, doesn't it? But it's not really. But there we go. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, right. mate, and um, we'll catch up with you soon. Um, yeah, have a good weekend at Goodwood. We'll do that. And listeners, have a lovely weekend. It's bank holidays. Take it easy on Monday, and um, don't get uh, on the roads um, jamming them up because I've got to go to work. But um, anyhow, have a good weekend. Okay, <laughs> and you, mate. Speak to you soon. We'll do. Cheers, Amy. Bye. Well, that was our Colin with a few tips for the weekend before he goes jaunting off to Goodwood for another couple of days at the races, eh? What a life. Can't be bad, can it? Anyway, it brings to an end this edition of The Racing Show. I hope we've been able to pick out a few winners there for you. And uh, please join us again next week at the same time on the same station when hopefully we'll have more of the same. Until then, this is Eddie Hopper saying bye for now.